It's the More Cowbell Show. Brought to you by SEC Country. And now, your host of the More Cowbell Show, Brandon Walker. That's me, Brandon Walker. More Cowbell, the Mississippi State podcast, brought to you by Turpin Land Shark Productions. Here in the SEC Country Studio, at least for four more days, we got uh, we got one more weekend here before we'll run out of here and unemployed. <laughs> Life is terrible. No, I'll have a uh, new show very soon, the More Cowbell Show. It'll be uh, my own show. I'll be in the More Cowbell Studio in my house. I bought my equipment. I'm very excited about it. Uh, we'll talk about that later in the week. There's too much to talk about today on this show to get mired in semantics, to get mired in whatever I want to say. i got to ring the bell. Forgot. Mississippi State. So much going on, okay? First of all, Mississippi State goes to Omaha, gets beat by Oregon State. Oregon State looks like a fantastic team. It ended, but what a run. What a magical run. What an incredible three weeks from these guys. They'll they'll always be legends at Mississippi State for what they just did. But uh, then Mississippi State hires a baseball coach. Chris Lamonis from Indiana, now a new the new baseball coach at Mississippi State. Pretty shocking. We've got three topics on the show today, and all three on any other day would be the biggest thing going to Mississippi State sports. It was the run to Omaha, Chris Lamonis, and if these two baseball things hadn't happened, Joe Moorhead destroying people on the recruiting trail would be the biggest story in Mississippi State sports. Joe Moorhead got three commitments over the weekend, three big-time commitments. Dan Mullen ain't here anymore. All right, this is a new day in recruiting. It's a new day in Mississippi State football, and Joe Moorhead is killing it on the recruiting trail. I'll tell you who he got, when he got him, and why it's important later on in the show. Now, we'll have a two-minute drill at the very end. We'll have to go quickly because I think this show is going to be stuffed full of, uh, of, of everything. Got a lot to talk about, a lot to say. Now, before I get to it, you see this beautiful maroon and white polo, this uh, Mississippi State baseball logo polo. I love this one. This is one of my favorites. They're all one of my favorites. They're like my children. I got it from Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com, at Maroon and Co. on Twitter and Instagram. Please, Highway 12 in Starville. I've had people say, listen, I never thought about going there, but I went there because you said it, and it is one of my favorite places now. If you go to that website, maroonandco.com, you'll get lost on it. It's the best place to get Mississippi State gear because you walk in there, it's a big airy store you know there's room to walk around you're not you're not you know elbows to elbows it's a great place to go maroon and co on highway 12 or maroon chris lamonis is was the head coach at indiana university indiana in bloomington indiana you guys know they're the hoosiers usually good in basketball and not much else but they went to the college world series in 2013 uh they went to a regional this year won 40 games were number two seed in austin they ran up against uh Obviously, they ran up against uh, Texas in that awesome regional. And if they'd beaten Texas, they probably would have gotten beat by Tennessee Tech because Tennessee Tech, as we all know, the greatest team in the history of the universe. Mississippi State hires Chris Lamonis. Now, this is not a name any of us mentioned before last night. This is not a name that was on the tip of anybody's tongue. I guess, you know, if you're Kendall Rogers or if you're Aaron Fitter, if you're John Cohen, you knew the name Chris Lamonis. If you're in college baseball circles, you know the name Chris Lamonis. I, Brandon Walker, who watch it as a fan, did not know the name. Did not know the name. But you know another name I didn't know. I didn't know the name Joe Moorhead. And as soon as he was hired, I research him, I look him up, and I like it. I, I, I think, well, I'll give Cohen a little credit here. Uh, he went off the beaten path to find a football coach, and now six months later, Moorhead's killing in recruiting. He's killing it at every speaking engagement. He is has been a delight as head coach so far. Now, he hasn't coached a game yet. But what I'm saying is John Cohen got it right in football. 
And the hope is John Cohen just got it right in baseball. Now, I wish I could tell you, oh, here's how Chris Lamonis is going to coach. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to do this, this, and this. I don't know. All I know is in baseball circles, when you talk to people, they say this guy is a recruiter. This guy is a beast on the recruiting trail. And it looks like that is the kind of coach John Cohen is going after. It looks like he's going after somebody who is aggressive, who goes out and gets players. Listen, the honest truth is Mississippi State in baseball, in college baseball, in the World Series, State has a team full of warriors and battlers and grinders and winners. And they just go out there and they play hard and they give you everything they got. But the bottom line is this. Oregon State was just better. Oregon State had more talent. Oregon State with four or five first-round picks on their team. Oregon State, just a very, very talented baseball team, one on talent alone. That is what John Cohen, I believe that's his vision for Mississippi State. He wants Mississippi State to be the team that shows up in Omaha with four or five first-round picks. He wants Mississippi State to be the team that gives you a lineup one through nine where you just can't get – anybody can hit a home run. Anybody can hurt you. He wants that kind of talent at Mississippi State. I believe he is choosing the path to that talent. He is choosing to go with somebody who has a reputation as a recruiter. Now, you look at his Chris Lamonis' head coaching record. It's just okay. It's just okay at Indiana. He won 40 games this year. It was a two seed. Uh, Never finished higher than third in the Big Ten. But he never had the resources as a head coach that Mississippi State has. He never had this stadium. He never had access to talent down south. He never had anything he'll have here. So if you put a good recruiter in that chair, maybe you catch a spark. And maybe it turns into a fire. You also keep Jake Gattreau. Jake Gattreau, I know, uh, has uh, kind of built up uh, legendary status as an assistant coach here at Mississippi State in his time here. Uh, He helped turn around the bats this year. He will stay. And the consensus around the country with baseball guys is you put Gatro and you put Lamonis together, you've got a hell of a recruiting staff. And that is a big deal. That is a big deal. I know the reactions in the fan base vary. I know there are some that are excited about it. I know there are some that are, eh, let's wait and see. And that might be where I am. There are some that say, this is embarrassing. Gary Henderson should have gotten a shot. And there are some that say they'll never trust Cohen again because this hire doesn't live up to what he said a couple of months ago. You can feel however you want to feel. At the end of the day, Chris Lamonis is the head baseball coach at Mississippi State University. I choose to trust Cohen with this hire. Although I believe the unrest from some fans is largely due to Cohen and what he said on on head-to-head radio or wherever it was a couple of months ago. If Cohen doesn't set the bar extraordinarily high by saying, you know, this coach is going to be this, this, and this, and this, then nobody's really upset today. But he did. He did. And I think it was probably a mistake. But at the end of the day, I think John Cohen has been a breath of fresh air for Mississippi State sports. His Moorhead hire was fantastic. He's done everything right except for that. And I will give him a pass for making uh, a mistake, or at least uh, what I believe looks like a mistake. Now, what is Chris Lamonis? He's supposedly, like I said, a beast on the recruiting trail. Along with Gautreau, they should have a dynamite recruiting staff, which tells me that John Cohen is going all in on recruiting. Joe Moorhead has shown that he is an ace, or or so far he's a very good recruiter. And in baseball, if you don't have the talent, it doesn't matter how gritty you are and it doesn't matter how, how, you know, how much of a fighter you are, you need that talent in the end. Now, State – has talent, but they don't have Oregon State talent yet. You got to get it. With that you know, 15,000-seat stadium, with the best stadium in college baseball, we are going all in on baseball, and John Cohen has chosen his guy. 
the Gary Henderson thing is tough. It is tough. Uh, I know a lot of fans. I put out a poll on Saturday night right after we lost and said, would you like Gary, oh, Gary Henderson to be the coach? 1,700 people voted, and over 60% said, no, I don't want Gary Henderson to be the coach. That's pretty shocking to me. That's pretty shocking to me. I, I guess I get it. I guess I get it if you think he's not the long-term answer. Um, I don't know that he was the long-term answer either. It doesn't matter now because obviously he's not going to be uh, the head coach of Mississippi State. But it could be argued he earned the job with what he did. It could also be argued that he just got hot at the end of the season. Both of those arguments are legitimate. But to me, it shows that this hire did take a level of guts from John Cohen. It would be very easy to hire Gary Henderson right now. After going to the College World Series, making the run he did, it would be very easy. But if you're convicted and you're sold in your mind that he's not the long-term answer, he's not going to recruit to the level you want, he's not going to build the program if you want, if you're John Cohen and your mind is set on what you want the future of the program to be and you want a recruiter in that spot and you got the guts to turn away a guy that just took you to the World Series, I think that's, that's a gutsy stand by John Cohen. I really think it is. He didn't get swayed by the run. He didn't get swayed by anything else. He believes, you know, nobody knows Gary Henderson better than John Cohen, and he believes Chris Lamonis is the way to go. I'm going to get on board with that. Now, I know there's a lot of debate in Facebook Live. I, I know it. I can just feel it. Henderson's phone will be ringing off the wall, says Sammy Smith. How do you pronounce the new coach's last name, Daniel Terry? I think it's Lamonis. could be Lamonis. I don't know. I'm sure we'll come up with a cute nickname very, very soon. Jay Hammers with a very good point on Facebook Live, and I'll move on to recruiting and football in just a second. I don't know as much about baseball as John Cohen. I don't. And I, I think there are very few of our fans that know as much about baseball as John Cohen. Now, you might. You might. But John Cohen got the football hire right, in my opinion, and I believe he's probably going to get the baseball hire right, too. That's all I got to say about that. Now, Football, talking about getting the hire right, Joe Moorhead is killing it. He is killing it. He is not recruiting at a decent level. He is not, oh, well, he's learning the South. He is destroying the recruiting trail right now. He's got it going in the right direction. For nine years, Dan Mullen did a very good job at Mississippi State. But the one place where he just kind of lagged behind others was on the recruiting trail, whether it be in the summer, whether it be in the early or the signing period, whether it be whenever. Dan Mullen got the players, developed what he needed to win games and compete, but he didn't get the championship-level recruits. He didn't break into the top 10, the top 15 of recruiting ever. He never broke it past, I think, number 18 was his highest-ranked class. Now, Joe Moorhead comes in nine years after Mullen, or, or after nine years of Mullen. Mullen built the program. Moorhead inherits a talented roster and inherits the best in-state crop of recruits in several years. So things are in Morehead's favor, but still, he is just – he's taking what's been given to him, and he is giving us a great class so far. What happened this weekend? Nathan Pickering, a four-star out of Seminary, Mississippi, a four-star defensive end um, slash defensive lineman, 6'4", 230, 240, 250, something like that. Nathan Pickering, one of the best players in the state of Mississippi and one of the most loaded classes. You know, a lot of years, Nathan Pickering would be far and away the best recruit in the state. Uh, as it is, he's top three or top four right now. He commits to Mississippi State on Thursday night. The next night, Dennis Jackson, a four-star wide receiver from Summerall, Mississippi, commits. And Gregory Brooks, a three-star from Louisiana, a cornerback, commits on Saturday. But here's the thing. couple things. 
Nathan Pickering joins what looks like one of the best defensive line recruiting classes in the history of Mississippi State. Nathan Pickering, a, a high four-star. Charles Moore was a five-star before he got hurt last year from Louisville. King Ani Izijuku from, from Nashville. You're talking about a four-star defensive end from out of state. DeMonte Russell, a four-star defensive end from in-state. Jack Harris, who I didn't even mention yet. That is incredible defensive line talent. Any other year, Charles Moore by himself would make a good defensive line class. But you got Charles Moore, you got DeMonte Russell, and now you add Nathan Pickering. This is going to be state right now this year has one of the best defensive lines in the SEC, and this is how you keep that going. This is how you keep that going. You go find another Jeffrey Simmons. You go find another Montez Sweat. Well, here they are. But Nathan Pickering, as great as he is, as highly rated as he is, to me, the recruit this weekend that shows Joe Moorhead is different than what we're used to is Dennis Jackson. Dennis Jackson, a four-star wide receiver from Sumrall. Six foot one, 185 pounds, I believe. This is the player Dan Mullen could never, ever land at Mississippi State. He was terrible at wide receiver recruiting. He did not do well in-state wide receiver. The best receivers he ever got at Mississippi State, Deronia Wilson, Fred Ross, were all from out of state. He never could overcome Ole Miss for in-state wide receivers. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he struggled at receiving so much. So when Dennis Jackson, a four-star, emerges in 2019, everybody assumes, well, he's going to go to Ole Miss. Well, he's leaning to Ole Miss. Well, Dan Mullen ain't here anymore. Joe Moorhead's here. And wide receivers aren't slam dunks to go to Oxford anymore. They're not just going to throw their career away just to do it anymore. All right? Dennis Jackson, a day after his cousin Nathan Pickering commits to Mississippi State, Dennis Jackson commits to Mississippi State. And that was unexpected, and it was huge for this recruiting class. Unbelievable. Mullen wouldn't even have gotten a visit from Dennis Jackson. Not even a visit. Now, going out and making a statement with a four-star wide receiver like that is huge. Gregory Brooks, a three-star cornerback from Louisiana. We're, we're destroying things in Louisiana. We're killing it in Louisiana. Devontae Jason last year, Keaton Thompson a couple of years ago. You got Quentin Torbor, a, a borderline four-star wide receiver this year. Gregory Brooks gets in the boat. John Emery, a high four-star running back, could be coming very soon. This staff is killing it in Louisiana. They're killing it all over the place. So I want to do this right now. I want to publicly thank Dan Mullen for getting out of Starkville. And I want to say, listen, you did a good job at Mississippi State. I appreciate what you did. You stayed nine years. Even when people said you'd leave after year two and year three and year four, you didn't. You stayed. You built a program, but then you got out and you moved on. And in time for this 2019 class, which is loaded, you got out and created room for a better recruiter, a better staff, and hopefully a better coach. Thank you, Dan Mullen, for leaving. Now the guys that we should have been getting all along are coming on board at Mississippi State. Thanks, John Hevesy. Thanks, Billy Gonzalez. Good luck, guys. You guys should go, if you have time, go to a Florida message board and look at them talk about Mullen's recruiting. It looks like us over the last six or seven years. It's unbelievable. It's hilarious. And, of course, since State is now – Number seven in the country in the 24-7 rankings. The Ole Miss fans are emerging on Twitter. They're coming out of Matt Luke's shadow, which probably takes weeks to get out of his shadow. They're coming out of his shadow, and they're saying, oh, they're cheating. Oh, he's throwing away money. He's throwing around money. No, see, this is what happens, Ole Miss fans, when a program is built the right way. When Dan Mullen spends nine years building this and recruiting and getting this and getting this and winning and going to bowls, and you build up, and you build up, and you build up. And now Joe Moorhead shows up, and the program's on a solid foundation. It's built the right way. Moorhead is capitalizing in it. In it. 
capitalizing on it, excuse me. Ole Miss tried to bypass building a program. They tried to buy a program. They tried to go from 2-10 and 10 and 6-6 six and six to getting the best players in the country from Florida, from, Indi- from Illinois, from Georgia. They tried to get five stars from everywhere, and it didn't work. People saw right through it. Well, this is real. This is not fake. This is not phony like everything coming from Oxford. Mississippi State saved up the money and built their credit and now are cashing in. Ole Miss knocked down the windows and ran in and started filling up the bag. That's not how it happens. What a run in baseball. What a run. Mississippi State baseball, Omaha, I know it's over. I know we ran into a better team. I know we'll finish fourth or third in the country. But just imagine where we were, how much guts it took, how much you know, intestinal fortitude it took for Mississippi State to fight and fight and fight. Nothing was ever easy. Coming to last weekend, play number one team in the country. You got to win one, maybe two to get in. You win all three. You sweep Arkansas, who's playing for a national title. You take three or four from Ole Miss. Every time there's a good team on the other side, Mississippi State answered the bell this year until the very end when Oregon State knocked us out. You get to Tallahassee, down to your last strike twice. Mississippi State fights through. Elijah McNamee becomes a legend. Jake Mangum so many times uh, cements his legendary status at Mississippi State. Luke Alexander with the College World Series walk-off. Cole Gordon all of a sudden becomes Oral Hershiser at the end of the season. And Let me say something about Cole Gordon. And Gary Anderson's gone. He, he won't be here anymore, and that's fine. Whatever. Some people have said, you know, Gary Henderson didn't didn't manage the pitching staff right or whatever. And against Oklahoma, he throws Cole Gordon out there, and Cole Gordon just blows up. It's awful. It's terrible. Just has one of the worst performances. The state loses 20-10, to 10 and we're all calling for Gary Henderson's head. And we're all calling for Cole Gordon's head. But you know what happened? The very next day, we're playing, I don't remember if it was Sanford or Oklahoma, and there comes a moment, and Gary Henderson puts Cole Gordon in the ballgame. He shows confidence in him. He says, you're my guy. I don't care what happened yesterday. You can get these guys. All of a sudden, Cole Gordon starts throwing strikes. All of a sudden, every time he comes out there, he's pumping strikes down the middle, and he's going 16 scoreless innings to finish the season against top-level elite competition in the postseason. Cole Gordon becomes one of the most valuable pitchers on the team. Gary Henderson instilled that confidence in him. He showed that confidence in him, and Cole Gordon became what he needed to become all along. So great job on that, Gary Henderson. Great job, Cole Gordon. We'll turn to our new coach, Chris Lamonis. We'll turn to Jake Gatreau to go out, get the top-level players to turn this into a championship program. But let it not be said. Let it never be said that Gary Henderson didn't do a great job this year. He did. So many fans along the way were doubting his coaching ability, and so many fans saying this, that, and the other. Gary Henderson did a hell of a job. And I even had people come on my Facebook last night and say, let's not give Gary Henderson credit for something the players did. Well, if that's the case, never give a coach credit for anything. Because a coach is a part of the team just like the players are. A coach is a part of the ride just like the players are. And if you say, well, yeah, but if Elijah McNamee hadn't hit that ball out, then we would have been we've been out. Well, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But if Dak Prescott hadn't signed with MSU, Mississippi State would have never been number one. If if you know, if Nick Saban hadn't gone to Alabama, this things happen. You can't just say, Well, if that didn't happen, it did happen. Give it credit. Two minute drill. Number one. And I do expect this to be varied. I do. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your excitement on the hiring of Chris Lamonis at Mississippi State. Scale of 1 to 10, rate your excitement on the hiring of Chris Lamonis to Mississippi State. Somebody says, wish Cole Gordon would come back for a senior year. I do too. I do too. Jay Hammers says a 9. 
Philip Owen says we can give Henderson credit and feel good about Cohen's new hire. That's absolutely correct, Philip. Absolutely. I got an eight from Bill McDavid. I got a five from Jeremiah Body. I got an eight from D. Curtis. I got a five from Michael Clyburn. Bobby Strickland says Gordon is a junior. That's true, but every report has said that he's going to be gone anyway. Tim Franks with a four. Stephen Stafford is six. Toby Denton at six. Ginger Tuck at seven. Tim Doss at six. So anytime you got sixes and sevens, you got people that don't really want to say I don't like it, but they're not really ready to say, you know, all full steam ahead. You got a nine. You got a seven. Got an eight, Hugh J. Hubbard. What happens with our coaching staff, says Cesar Macias. Well, Jake Gattro is staying. Gary Henderson will probably be somewhere else. Wouldn't it be something if he became the head coach of Indiana? Bob Ivey with a 5.5. Boy, that's very specific. Number two, who is your favorite commitment on Mississippi State's 2019 recruiting class commitment list? Football. Who is your favorite current recruiting commitment for Mississippi State football in 2019? Who's your favorite? Two people said eight. I believe in Cohen, and, and Bill Anderson says, I'm giving him an eight based on trust in John Cohen. You just nailed it. I can't say I'm all in, says Bobby Richardson. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Isaac Sparks says Jerry and Jones, hands down. Well, that's a very good one. Four-star safety out of Northwest Rankin, who appears to be recruiting, appears to be our best recruiter. Nathan Pickering says Owen Hines. Pickering says James Weaver. Tim Franks also says Jerry. And Michael Clyburn says all of them, which is somehow correct. King Ani says Martin Smith, the four-star defensive end out of Nashville. I don't uh, follow recruiting all that much, says Jay Hammers, but I like Jerry and Jones for his tweets. That's very good. Ethan Flurry says John Emery, who's not technically a commit yet, but things sure look good for the good guys. Jerry and Jones says Adrian Page. Excited about the King and not sure why, says Daniel Martin. A lot of people say King Ani. I would say Jerry and Jones has won this. Nobody says Garrett Schrader, the quarterback. Garrett Schrader, the quarterback out of Charlotte, North Carolina, that's my guy. I'm a Garrett Schrader guy. If you've watched his film and you look at what Joe Moorhead's offense was at Penn State, boy, it's Garrett Schrader all day long for me. I love the defensive lineman. I love Charles Moore. I love Nathan Pickering. I love Jerry and Jones. But watch Schrader play football. Watch him. And think about what Joe, uh, Joe Moorhead's offense looked at Penn State. That is going to be the recruit that when we look back in four or five years, we say, boy, when he signed, things changed. Number three, let's get off football for a second. Let's get off football. Let's go country music. We never talk about country music. You guys remember country music back in the 80s and 90s before these terrible ones today ruined it? What is the best 1990s country music song? What's the best country music song from the 90s? Check Yes or No. Check Yes or No by George Strait. That's actually not a bad one there, Turf. Not a, not a bad one. Barbecue stand, Mantrick says. Stain. Barbecue stain on my white t-shirt by Tim McGraw. That's yeah, no, it's not the name of the song. I don't think that's what it's called either. <laughs> yeah. D. Curtis says no country music. No, D. Curtis, you're a Mississippi State fan who lives in Arkansas. I know, I know you have a country music CD somewhere in your house. Disappointed. I thought Gary should have maybe maybe given at least two year deal. However, excited about the new coach Dwayne Shepard. Here's the thing, two year deals it don't work. If you're hiring a guy for two years, you're not hiring him at all. That that's You don't give anybody a two-year deal for anything. Because you know why? Scholarships are for three and four years. You don't say, here's a scholarship. By the way, I might not be the coach in two years. doesn't work. The River, Friends in Low Places. Somebody says uh, she's in love with the boy, which is uh, one of my personal favorites. It's my number two 90s country song, Back in the Saddle, Low Places. 
Fishing in the Dark by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Meet in the Middle by Diamond Rio. Country Sucks. Okay, if the country question isn't for you, just wait, and then you get to another question. That's all. That's all. Just wait. Neon Moon, the correct answer. Neon Moon by Brooks and Dunn. That is the correct answer. Number four, what is the best television show about food? What is the best current television show that is food-related? Could be on the Food Network. Could be anywhere. What is the best TV show about food? Be a Bobby Flay show. Could be that Gianna, that girl, Giada, cooking with cleavage. Could be anything. Could be whatever you want. The best, uh, the best TV show related to food. Somebody said achy breaky heart, which I will never read that person's comments again. Derek Whitford says Triple D. That's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, starring uh, Guy Fieri. Hell's Kitchen. That's that British guy, right? Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Trey Adcock says any barbecue show. Oh, Trey's back. Trey, Trey bailed on me on the country question, but he's back. Parts Unknown until recently, says Adrian Page. Food Paradise on Travel Channel. Master Chef, Stephanie Malone Ford. Beat Bobby Flay, says Olivia Worsham Merrill. Beat Bobby Flay's just goofy, the way they act. But it's, I mean, I, I like the show. Triple D, Master Chef Jr., Snoop and Martha. I've never seen Snoop and Martha, Gene Prysock. Master Chef is great. Johnny Cash, My Rusty Cage. I guess that's from the last question. So it looks like Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives has won this one. Number five, last question of the day. What's the best board game? What's the best board game? Best board game to play with your family? Terp, you like that question? I like it. Um, You've come from a family that looks like they play play board board games games together. We can play crap in my house. It's long, but I think my, my mom would say if you want to play with a board game, go out, go outside. There's some wood out back. She didn't. We didn't play board games in my house, boards. huh? You can break some boards out of that wood. That's fun. I'd say Monopoly. It's just classic. Junior Ray says Monopoly. As does Tim Dahl. Scrabble from D Curtis. I, I lean with D Curtis here. I like Scrabble. Monopoly. Trey Adcock. Risk. Michael Clyburn. Monopoly. Says James Harvey Darby. Looks like Monopoly is going to win it. I love categories. That's my answer to that question. I love categories. It's a great game. Um, the only problem with categories is, you know, it's one of those games where you reveal your answers, you know, afterwards. And as everybody's revealing answers, I'm just I, I can't resist the urge to cheat. So I'm just writing writing in. I always win categories because it's too easy to cheat. Monopoly, sorry. Shoots and ladders says uh, Christopher Lofstrom. Mississippi State Monopoly says Bobby Richardson. Risk is also a good one. Isaac Sparks. So Monopoly is going to win this one pretty easily. All right, let's go. Can I go to 35 today? Because I had a very full show. It's at one, right? What'd she say? She's saying boss man will be mad if you do. I'm going to 35. You're taking the heat. I'm fired Thursday anyway. What does it matter? Why don't you go earlier? I'm not even wearing pants right now. What do they care? That's true. You're just mad because you you want to go play FIFA. Hurry up, she wants to go to lunch. Boss man isn't paying attention right now. Boss man's filling, he's filling out resumes and applications in there just like the rest of us. My name's Brandon Walker. This is Terp. I'm going to close the podcast down. You've been listening to More Cowbell, the Mississippi State podcast presented by SEC Country. Ah.